Welcome back, everybody, to the Tales Never Fails podcast. The voice you are hearing is Parker Hurley. It means we don't have a host for today's podcast, but um, we also have a different sort of podcast we're kind of going to embark into here. So um, we will eventually get a host here. It's just as we're going to start doing these podcasts, we're really going to try and start getting these out over like the next two weeks. So um, we're going to go through all 32 teams, give a quick off-season preview. Um, It's a little bit different than what we've been doing as far as, you know, some of our gambling podcasts. But if you listen to the gambling podcast, what we typically break down is some of the more hardcore analysis or football, you know, kind of the matchups that kind of dictate why we're swinging each way, one way or the other. So we're going to start off with an off-season preview where we kind of really just dig into all the players, the positions, um, you know, the the, um, salary cap implications, some of the players who might get cut or who might be able to be signed, you know, and then we're going to, at the end, kind of wrap it up as we go position by position and give some team needs. Um, like I said, I'm trying to hit all 32 teams here, so it's probably not going to be as in-depth as some of the, you know, like the, the team-specific blogs or anything like that, but um, I think it's going to be some pretty good analysis and kind of highlighting some players who could be, you know, entering the free agent market or some teams, you know, that could be heading into making, you know, some big moves. And we'll start with the first pick in the draft and kind of work our way through 32 um, all the way down and try and hit every team here. So, we're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals in the first pick and uh, their new co- head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. So um, there's some excitement there. They have they have like $50 million in cap space. I think it is just right now. So um, they have plenty of cap space. You know, they have uh, room to maneuver. They have their rookie quarterback in Josh Rosen. They're apparently having this uh, head coach in Cliff Kingsbury. So um, this is a pivotal offseason for them. And it kind of brings us into the quarterback position, which um, – you know, it's not really a need in my opinion, obviously. Um, and one thing I'll just say with Rosen, because I'm not going to get too far into like analysis on his season. Like I said, it's more of an off-season preview. And the big thing for Rosen, I would just say, is um, it'd be so hard. Like Nobody should judge his season based on what he did this year. I mean, if you just kind of sort through it, you know... Um, he was offensive coordinator, was the first offensive coordinator fired. We're going to get into his offensive line. And, you know, everything's going to change. And I cover the Bears for uh, BearGogglesOn.com. So um, I kind of saw it firsthand with Mitch Trubisky, the number two overall pick. And he has John Fox, a very conservative head coach and, you know, a very conservative offensive coordinator, and Dowell Loggins. And they move on, and they move on to Matt Nagy. And um, we kind of joke about it, you know, some of the Bears people as, you know, when you look at Mitch Trubisky, you almost just throw out his rookie season and you kind of look at him pre-Nagy and post-Nagy, you know, there's like completely different players. And, um, you know, uh, Jared Goff, another example, um, and, you know, whether Cliff Kingsbury is like a McVay or a Nagy or not, um, you just, every rookie quarterback, it's so tough for them. Not only is it tough for a rookie quarterback, he was in such a tough situation considering, you know, uh, you know, the Bears had John Fox, the Cardinals went out and signed a, you know, defensive conservative head coach to, just to kind of, after one year, just so the rookie quarterback can get that leap, similar to the Bears with uh, Matt Nagy there, but um, that's, the, that's the path they're hoping to tread on, and they even have Mike Glenn in the backup. He was a backup for the Chicago Bears, too. So, yeah, they're really trying to pull off the Bears of 2018 this season, but it's going to take a big offseason. It's going to take commitment around Josh Rosen that this team, you know, the Chicago Bears had in him. Um, 
like I said with Glennon, I actually think he's a fine backup, but I actually wrote about him during Mitch Trubisky's season because I thought that he showed, um, not on the field, you know, and if you're a Cardinals fan, um, I think you would be frustrated if Rosen were to get hurt, obviously, or, you know, couldn't perform his duties and you were calling for Mike Glennon. That would be tough, but I think Glennon's a fine backup for a player like Josh Rosen because the big thing I wrote with him is that um, I think he really helped in terms of Mitch Trubisky's uh, presence in the media. I mean, I think Mark Sanchez did too, but I think the two of them are two mature guys who go about their business. And Mitch Trubisky was a young and inexperienced quarterback, and he learned a lot from a guy like Mike Glennon. Um, You kind of read it through some of the clippings and some of the interviews and everything like that, that Mike Glennon did actually bring value um, outside of the football field. And I think that he could do that a similar thing, or he has been doing a similar thing with Josh Rosen. I think that those, that he's actually a pretty good, uh, you know, player to keep around him. So I, I think they're fine with the quarterback position. So we're going to move on to the running back position. I think everybody knows David Johnson um, is, you know, probably just going to have a much better season. He was, he looked healthy last season. He was just, just looked misused for the majority of the season. And then, you know, Byron Leftwich let him go for a little bit. It seemed like, and then even towards the end of the season, they just didn't seem to really get David Johnson going. But I mean, Chase Edmonds as a backup kind of proved himself as a player. And then TJ Logan provides depth. You know, you kind of move on past the running backs and say that's not really a need. You move to the receivers and definitely, you know, you start getting into some of the needs for the uh, Arizona Cardinals here. And Larry Fitzgerald will be back. And, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is good. And what's good about Larry Fitzgerald is that um, paired next to Christian Kirk, who's the second player. Um, you know, kind of down the totem pole, the receivers with the Arizona Cardinals is that both of them can play the slot and both of them can play outside. You know, Kirk can kind of stretch the field, but he's also that shifty little slot player. Um, Fitz, we all know what he is at this point in his career. But, you know, the fact that those two can play together makes the fact that um, they're so versatile in what they can add in a third receiver. But, you know, um, when you look at Fitz and you say, okay, maybe he has one year left probably, and you look at Christian Kirk and you hope that, you know, he has some upside to him. Um, He ended the season on the IR, kind of like Rosen in the offensive system. I'm not going to put anything into Christian Kirk yet. But, um, you know, with Kirk and with Fitzgerald, you need another guy. You know, J.J. Nelson, I think, is going to be a free agent. Um, You know, Chad Williams will be back. Those are two guys who could kind of stretch the field. And then, like I said, you kind of have some of the shiftiness or some of the underneath with Fitz and Kirk. It could work, but I mean, I think you need to upgrade over those positions, both of them. Um, Trent Sherfield made an impact last year, but I think um, like I said, I think you could let J.J. Nelson just walk. Um, Chad Nelson will be back and Sherfield will be back, but that's like your four and five. And then I really think, like, I don't think he's your third, but I think you bring in a, you know, a big name receiver potentially, or, you know, you draft one somewhat high and put him next to those guys. But um, the other thing is that I think there's potentially some other needs. Um, a tight end would be interesting. You know, um, Ricky Seals Jones will be back. Um, Gresham, you know, it's tough to say that. He'll probably, he probably won't be back. You know, they're going to save two and a half million dollars if they let him go. Um, he provides some receiving value. And I think Cliff Kingsbury, I haven't dug too much into what Cliff Kingsbury wants to do, but I'm pretty sure the tight end could be, you know, as a pass catcher, could be a pretty decent role for him. So um, that's where I was kind of saying with the receiver, you know, maybe one thing you do is kind of bring in a tight end, you know, a bigger money tight end. You know, you kind of draft another receiver kind of later on, but maybe you spend a little more money on bringing in like a surefire tight end. You know, you save that two and you know, you save that a little bit from Gresham. You have Ricky Seals could be your second guy, but then you have, you know, another tight end there. So maybe you move into that, but kind of moving into the offensive line is where I think you really kind of need to spend the majority of your money. And you look at the offensive line and I think you say DJ Humphreys, um, I believe he's in year four now. 
and you know he's been up and down and he's moved from left uh, left and right and he's had a little injury bit I believe but um this feels like entering the year I think he's going to enter especially because of you know all the receiver tight end we're getting into the offensive line you know the Cardinals have some needs along that position so I think you're going to be able to um you know, I think Humphreys is going to start next season. And I think, you know, it's a big year for him. You know, I'm pretty sure he's heading into a contract year. So I think it's a make or break year for him. I think he's tra- projecting to be, you know, a consistent starter in the NFL. It's just he's had, like I said, some of the ups and the downs in the NFL. But I think Humphreys is a player you can count on. Like I said, potentially could play some right, potentially could play some left. And then Mason Cole, um, he kind of had a down year, but he was a rookie at starting at center. Um, there was a lot to like about him at center in terms of, you know, the, uh, you know, the intellect and everything like that, the communication with him. Um, he kind of got rocked in pass protection, had a really tough year in pass protection, but um, they still, I think David Johnson had his best yards per carry. I know it's no surprise the Cardinals, but right up the middle was actually where they were efficient um, with with Mason Cole. You know, they kind of ran it just straight up the gut, straight up the gut with him. So I think that, you know, being in a better system for a guy like Mason Cole, like I said, I think intellectually um, and, and communication-wise, he's going to still be there. So, um, and you know, some continuity. You bring back at least a center and a tackle here, but then the rest of it, it all seems questionable. Um, IU Potty, you could save about three point eight million dollars. Um, he started eleven games in the past two years. He started ten last year. You know, he just has injury issues. I think he's thirty-one heading into the thirty-two-year-old season. So, um, you would like to upgrade over that position, but then you kind of look at some of the free agents. And you know, Ayupati's not you know too far ahead of those guys. You know, it would it would you'd have to kind of spend some money to get above him. Um, same thing with Joe Barksdale and John Wetzel. I think you could bring back John Wetzel because he's kind of just a depth guy who could get you know brought back on the cheap, and he can kind of play a little do- a little guard, a little tackle. But he's like your backup guard and tackle. You know, um, Justin Pugh, I believe, because he's on the books for so much, it would be really tough to get out of his contract. But he has 15 starts in the past two years. So you know, you kind of look at it and you say, okay, you're not going to spend you know, a Pew's position, but you could spend upgrade over IU potty and you could absolutely, I think one of the big things, and like I said, it's tough because there's not like, um, some surefire tackles out there, you know, like a Trent Brown or a Donovan Smith potentially, but you know, I think you try and spend on the left tackle or, you know, you spend and get yourself a tackle to pair with DJ Humphreys. Um, and then you have Pew back, you have Mason Cole back and then like, you know, whether it be, you know, trying to get IU Potty back cheaper than he's been, you know, with the team or trying, you know, with, through the draft, trying to get a cheaper free agent, um, trying to bring in some bodies. Like I said, Wetzel could potentially be back. But then, yeah, trying to move on, upgrade uh, from Barksdale, and then that would be your offensive line moving forward. So, um, to move into the defensive line, I'm pretty sure three main players will be back, and that's Chandler Jones. Um, we all know, you know, I'm not going to get into him. He's one of the best in the league. Uh, and Kendiche, who I thought actually took a step forward, and I was kind of off his bandwagon in the first couple of seasons. But now I'm slowly getting back on it. I think his, he tailed off towards the end of the season. But um, I still think he, he there's some potential there. I guess the issue with him is that it's going to be like his third defensive coordinator in um, almost, I think my, it might be his third in three years or three and third and four years for sure. So, um, you know, he's just moving and it's, you know, going from three, four to four, three to three, four. And I know, you know, you, every team plays nickel so much that he should be a fine scheme fit, but um, you're just hoping that he can continue his trajectory because he was kind of a volatile prospect as it was. Corey Peters, nose tackle, he'll be back. Um, he's pretty stable, but you would obviously, um, I think he's pretty old too. So you would kind of love to get, um, 
a little bit, you know, a little bit better at that position, but um, he'll be back, and you could put him next to Candice, and then, like I said, you have Chandler Jones on the one side, so the first thing you need is a starter on the other side, and, um, you know, you have Marcus Golden, he's a free agent, he tore his ACL in 2017, didn't really play this year, mainly because he's like a straight 3-4 guy, like I said, you know, despite the schemes, he's a little undersized, plays a little better off of the football with his hand up, moving around, setting the edge in the run, so um, he's much better in the 3-4, they were in the 4-3 last year, he just didn't really fit, but now they're back in the 3-4, so you could argue that he's kind of worth bringing back, but then you could say, you know, similar to Candice is, you know, He's been, you know, through three defensive coordinators now, and last year kind of got cast off to the side. It would be tough for him, you know, what's he feeling about in that situation? And then there's Benson Mayoa. Um, I think if you could get Mayoa back for a decent price, you definitely bring him back because there's already not much depth behind those three. Um, and then, like I said, you don't even have, you know, a starter right now. So, you know, you pretty much, in my opinion, you would sign Mayoa, and then you at least have four guys. And then, yeah, you have, just have to fill it with, you know, I don't know if Marcus Golden will be back, but you have to fill um, just depth, just straight depth along the, you know, defensive line. And, you know, does that mean drafting for starter quality? Yeah, you know, because they're sitting at the first pick. And while that could be a, you know, tackle, I haven't dug too far into the draft, that could be a tackle. But um, everybody's talking about it's going to be, you know, whether it be Quinn and Williams, Joey Bosa, or Nick Bosa, or... Um, Josh Allen, it seems like, are the top three, and in my opinion, they, it's almost tough to go wrong in that. In that, because um, the way that I'm seeing it right now, and um, like I said, it's so early into this situation, but um, it's kind of like Bosa is the most, you know, technically sound, pro ready. He seems like he's, you know, going to be a good player. Quinton Williams seems to have the highest floor, to where like Bosa has some of the injury issues. You just know with Williams, you know, sound player from Alabama, you know, doesn't even have many reps on him like some of the Alabama players, you know, just know he's going to be sound. And then Josh Allen has the highest upside, I think, athletically with his peaks. So it seems like Arizona could, you know, at least establish it very early into the draft. But um, then, like I said, my O is some depth, but you still um, you still need depth. Um, and that's where I think free agency and even maybe later in the draft. But um, I really think, you know, like I said, I think you could try and spend on the offensive line, maybe draft a receiver. And then here's where maybe in the later rounds you're drafting some defensive line stuff. So to move into the linebackers, um, I think now that you're back to a 3-4, um, Josh Bynes and Hassan Reddick seem like a good fit together, honestly. I think, you know, Bynes could play the run pretty I think they both could play the run pretty well, and they both could get out in space, you know. I think they're a decent little combination together, um, and this is a make-or-break year for Reddick somewhat because he's been through a lot of, you know, defensive turmoil and was just a bad fit in the Steve Wilk scheme last season, but I think you at least have two starters next season, you know, moving into that. So um, I know I think Hodges is a free agent. I could definitely see him leaving. And then Dayon Buchanan is pretty much in the, you know, Marcus Golden category to where um, started off hot, had a few injury issues, scheme change, scheme change, you know, does it, they're back to a three, four. It's more beneficial to him. He would be a great, you know, player to add in for, uh, you know, third downs and stuff, or if, you know, Hassan Reddick isn't picking it up, everything like that, um, he would be a great addition with this group. But does he want to stick around, you know, through, you know, there hasn't been much um, continuity and stability. I think him and Marcus Golden are um, some test cases as to, you know, how much they want to stick around in Arizona more than, you know, how much they need them. I think the Cardinals would be happy to have probably either of them back, but obviously at a price, um, and that's going to factor into it as well. 
But nonetheless, you know, compared to other positions, you know, compared to the offensive line, compared to um, receiver, and compared to tight end, I even think potentially, this isn't a huge need in my opinion. I think, you know, you give Reddick another season, you put him next to Bynes, you put him in a better scheme for both of their talents, and you need some depth, obviously. You know, if you can't bring Buchanan back, I think Buchanan would really solidify, um, you know, a group that could potentially be better than people thought, you know. So, um I just think, yeah, a lot of them were kind of schemed out, and I think Bynes showed stuff last season, and I think Reddick could be better in a better scheme. So they could get a little depth there, but I think they're decent at that spot. Um, to, to cornerback, you got Patrick Peterson. Um, it sounds like, you know, with the coaching changes, it sounds like his beef was with Steve Wilkes, so he's going to be back. Buda Baker um, had a pretty decent year. You know, he struggled a little bit in coverage, but he's so good near the line of scrimmage. Um, blitzing, you know, just being quick and athletic near the line of scrimmage and being able to kind of wreak havoc in that regard and kind of play, you know, he can play safety slot, um, can kind of move around. So um, he's kind of back as pretty much a starter. But then they need another cornerback at that other spot, you know. Um, I think David Anderson and Brandon Williams are the only other guys on the roster right now. You know, Jamar Taylor was just getting kind of torched, and they've had to just shuffled through you know, that other cornerback besides Patrick Peterson, you know, it's obviously not going to be with the first overall pick, but, you know, could potentially shape out the draft as, you know, that defensive line depth, you know, a cornerback in the second and then like a receiver in the third, you know, or I don't necessarily know how, how, you know, what their draft slots are and everything, but, you know, that'd be a nice little one, two, three to kind of address your slots. Like I said, you add some depth in free agency on the defensive line and in the offensive line to try and get, you know, a free agent tight end to upgrade over, uh, Gresham, and then you move into the safeties. Um, the big question is, will you bring Trey Boston back? Um, they signed DJ Swearinger, who could definitely be a starter and could probably play next to Bethay. They could cut Bethay, and I think they would save about $3 million, and that could go into the Trey Boston, you know, DJ Swearinger duo, is we move on from Bethay, we save three mil, we give Boston a bit of a bigger contract, because Boston had a big year um, as a free safety. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what his market was because last year's market was so out of whack with, I think like the Eric Reed stuff was really, um, really had the safety market out of a whack. And I think the Cardinals got a discount in one and then they got a discount in Swearinger now, you know, because of his issues with the Washington Redskins. So, um, they're going to move into an interesting spot. Like I said, whether they choose between cutting Bethay and putting three mil into Trey Boston instead, or keeping Bethay next to, uh, Next to Swearinger, you know, they at least have two safeties. Um, it's probably another depth position where, um, or, you know, they could get all three. I think if you keep all three, though, then you're, like, taking away some cab space from, you know, other spots. I think this is a spot where, you know, late in the draft, you kind of hit this with a depth spot or two, you know, a, a lo very low salary player and, a, and a, you know, a, uh, and a low late draft pick. So, um that's pretty much where I would have the Cardinals at this point. I think um, some of their biggest needs, obviously, are along the defensive line. You know, uh, when they just have, like, three names, and, you know, one of them's very good in Chandler Jones, but, you know, that um, it's untrustworthy in Kemdiche entering a big year for him. It's Peters in his age, and then there's absolutely no depth behind it. So um, defensive line will be big. They're going to address it with the first pick, it sounds like. Offensive line is something that I think if you don't address it in the first round, then that's something you spend your your free agent bucks on. Um, protect Josh Rosen at all costs. You know, that's, that's how I would do it. And then, like I said, mid-round, second and third maybe, you get some wide receiver cornerback. I think those are your needs. Tight end. And then, like I said, depth at linebacker, depth at safety. But I think they're decent at those spots compared to some of the other positions. Obviously, best player available could uh, do something. But that's going to wrap up the Cardinals position.
uh, off-season preview. So hopefully you guys liked it, and uh, we'll start bringing some of these more into you here soon. Yeah.